started with Brother Todd, and, and it just, uh, okay. <coughs> Are we good? Okay. <laughs> Mark says we're good. Uh, let's remember Brother Lloyd and Melinda tonight. Both of them, I explained to you, the heat has got them down, and so they're not going to be here tonight. And also, Carrie and Sonny, Carrie's uh, grandmother has just passed. So let's take a moment and pray for Carrie here. Father, thank you for Sonny and Carrie. What, what sweet, precious folks. Great Sunday school teacher. Lord, watch over them. Bless them. Uh, help them to be able to get through all of this. It, it's, it's not easy when you lose a loved one. So uh, help those of us who care actually do something about it and text her and, and let her know that we're thinking about her and praying for it this time. Bless our time tonight in Christ's name. Amen. All right, four scriptures tonight. That's it. Four portions of scripture, okay? Uh, and I'm going to give them to you right now. Hebrews 2.4, that's the only verse we're going to look at in Hebrews. And then 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1, 4 through 11. And then the third passage, 1 Corinthians 12, 27 through 30. And Matthew 23, 1 through 11. Those are the only four scriptures we're going to go to tonight, and then we're done. So if you don't heckle me, we're going to get done even quicker. Yeah, it's first Corinthians, Hebrews 2, 4, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1 and 4 through 11. 1 Corinthians 12, 27 through 30, and Matthew 23, 1 through 11. You're, you're more than welcome. Hebrews 2, 4. The apostle says, God also bearing them, talking about the Jewish apostles, we, we went and talked about this two weeks ago, <clears throat> bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders and with divers miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost. Now notice those last five words. Can you read them? According to his, his own will. The last time I spoke on this verse was two weeks ago. I reminded you that the Jews have been a privileged people, yes or no? Ooh. Um, it says in Hebrews 2.4 that God bore witness of himself through them by way of his sign gifts. But that's not all he did. If you recall, I spoke on the seven areas two weeks ago where God has privileged the Jewish people over us. Okay, And I gave you all seven of those areas. The Jews have had the privilege of, number one, being naturally and nationally blessed with greatness. I, everything the Jews put their hands to just succeeds, especially since they became a nation again in 1948. I mean, everything they touch becomes gold. Why? God made a promise to Abraham, and he's got to keep that promise. Number two, the Jews have had the privilege of bringing forth the Savior of the world. The Savior didn't come through us. It came through the Jewish nation. Amen? Number three, the Jews have had the privilege of witness or, or writing the Bible. Yes or no? Okay. People argue sometimes and say, well, well, Luke, he was a Gentile. No, Luke was a Jew. You know, they want to say, well, at least one Gentile had some part in writing the Bible. No Gentiles had a part in writing the Bible. All come from the Jewish nation. This is why they are the privileged people. The Jews have had the privilege of, number four, witnessing the birth of the Savior and encountering his presence on earth in the person of Christ. Number five, they've had the privilege of starting the church. Did Christ start the church with Gentiles or with Jews? Jews, the 12 apostles, okay? Number six, and of course this is found here in Hebrews 2, 4. 
they've had the privilege of performing the sign gifts as indicated here in Hebrews 2.4. And number seven, they've had the privilege of being the nation that Christ will rule and reign from for a thousand years when he returns. Second coming, he sets up the nation of Israel as the leading nation in all the world. Tonight, as we look at this verse, Hebrews 2.4, I want us to focus on just the last five words of that verse. According to his will. Question, who's in charge of the gifts? You or God? God is. It says so. He's the one that's in charge of the gift or gifts you receive when you got saved. As soon as you got saved, did you not get the Holy Spirit? Yes or no? Yeah, we all got the Holy Spirit, even if you didn't know it. I got saved 53 years ago, and I did not know the Holy Spirit came to live inside of me. Now, things did seem a little different when I did wrong. <laughs> I don't know about you, but when I started doing some things that were wrong, something inside would say, mm-mm-mm. I didn't know that was the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit did come in. The Bible says so. And the Bible says also that when the Holy Spirit came to live inside of us the day we got saved, he gifted us as well. It's his gift to give, and he decided to give you a certain gift, either a speaking gift or a serving gift. Whatever gift he chose, it was his choosing, yes or no, according to his will. Question, according to Hebrews 2.4, when it comes to parceling out spiritual gifts to believers, be it the apostles or us Gentiles, who's in charge? Okay, have we established that? Okay, and it doesn't matter what I establish. What matters is what God establishes. Does not the Bible say that God's in charge of the gifts that we have? I'll tell you one gift that I would love to have that I don't have. Mercy. You come in here and you fall on your face. First thing, I'm going to go up to you. I'm going to ask you, you know, why did you fall on your face? Uh, let me give you four reasons why you didn't fall, why, why you fell on your face. I'm a teacher. It's one of my gifts, not my best gift, but it's one of my gifts. Mercy of the person that comes over doesn't care how it happened to them. They're just going to pick them up. And they're going to put them in a seat and say, are you okay? You say, you, you, don't, you don't feel that way? No, I, I should act that way, but I just don't feel that way. I think you made a mistake. You tripped over. You weren't paying attention. You're, you say, how heartless. No, no, no. Don't blame me. I practice mercy. I go to the hospitals and visit people, and I spend time talking with people. And all. Don't blame me. Blame God. He didn't give me that gift. But boy, the people that do have the gift of mercy, oh, I envy them so bad. I don't have it. Why? God didn't give it to me. How many here have ever seen a prophet that's got mercy as well? <laughs> no, the Bible says prophets, they, they, they proclaim the truth without apology. There's no mercy in anything they're saying or doing. So you're going to blame them? No, this is, this is the gift or gifts God gives the individual believer. But it's his to give. If God is in charge of parceling out the spiritual gifts be they the sign gifts, the speaking gifts, or the serving gifts, then why is it some Christians will go around picking and choosing whatever gifts they want to have? You say, are there Christians that go around and pick and choose whatever gifts they want to have? Yes. And, and, and they shouldn't, but they do. They're human. Don't, don't you see a gift in somebody and say, man, I wish I had that. 
I've done that. But it's not mine to give. Yes or no? We're looking at Hebrews 2.4. According to his own will. See, you and I can't say, I want that gift and it's ours. doesn't work that way. God alone chooses the gift and or gifts we operate under. It says, God bore witness of himself through the Jews by way of the gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. So if God didn't call you into the ministry, is God a meanie? Because there's sometimes, I've met people over the last 50-some years of being in ministry where they said, man, I, I just wish I was in a ministry like you. Well, did you get called? Well, no. Well, then... You know, don't be upset about it. This is up to God. God's the one that picks and chooses. You know, is he not the potter and we the clay? So if he wants to make you a saucer cup instead of a beautiful vase, is that not his choice? Oh, well, maybe he doesn't even want to make you the saucer cup. Maybe he wants to make that little plate that the saucer cup sits on and collects all the overflow. So I don't like that. Well, then you don't like the choice God has made. And we have to learn to like the choice God has made. This is why it's so important to not only know that when you got saved, the Holy Spirit lives inside you, but he's also gifted you. Now, you may not have the same gift as somebody else, but you need to know what your gift is so that you're using it. You're exercising. A gift, I was talking to a guy yesterday. A gift is like a muscle. If you don't use that muscle, do you lose that muscle? No, you don't lose it, you just lose the use of it. Ah, did you catch that? If I don't, if, if I'm in a bed and I'm sick and I'm not using my muscles, did my muscles disappear or did the use of them disappear? Yeah, the muscle itself didn't disappear. The gift that God gives you never disappears. But if you don't exercise it, you won't be able to use it. And this is the importance of knowing what your best gift is. No one can will the gifts of the Holy Spirit to himself. God chooses that for us. We cannot choose that for ourselves. And I still remember when, when God called me into the ministry, and I argued and fought with him so badly. I still remember Leo. When, when, when Leo came to me, oh, this goes back 30 years ago, and, and, and said, Brother Brad, he said, I, I really think God's calling, but I, I, just, I just can't get back into ministry. I said, were you called? Of course, I knew he was called. He said, well, of course. I said, then that's where you belong. Yeah, but I still do this and this and this. I said, you know, God didn't say, I will call you if you don't do this, this, and this. No, God just chooses a person and says, now conform to my choosing. And it's our job to conform to that choosing. And I still remember, he, he couldn't stop smoking. It's 30 years ago or better. And he came to me, and we were going to ordain him the next day. And he said, Brother Brad, he said, I, I, I can't get ordained tomorrow. I said, why not? He says, I just can't stop smoking. I said, that, that's meaningless to God. Smoking has nothing to do with your call. I said, accept your call. Go ahead and get anointed and let God do the rest. And the next day, I'm telling you, the next day, Sunday morning, he came up to me before the service started, and he said, Brother Brad, he said, you're not going to believe this. I already know what I, <laughs> as soon as he said that, I knew what happened. He said, God took away the urge to smoke when I decided to go ahead 
and follow the calling. And by the way, he never picked up a cigarette after that. And that was a man, he was a chain smoker. <laughs> he was a lot of that kind of chain smoker. But isn't God good? God says, just, just trust me with the gifts that I've given you and the calling that I've given you. It doesn't go away. Once you're called, you're called. That's it. Bible says the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. God does not change his mind. Other people may change their minds. Well, that guy was called. She's in the ministry. Uh, yeah, if God called them, they're there. 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 1. Notice what it says here. This is the second portion of Scripture. We're almost done. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, so is he talking to Christians, yes or no? Are you a Christian? So he's talking to you and I tonight, yes or no? Yeah. Uh, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, Paul says, I would not have you, what's the next word? Oh, oh. <laughs> I took 44 years of my life to write a reference Bible. 44,000 hours, that, that was back in 2009. In 44 years. Now I've added to that, but I waited 44 years before I put my thoughts down on paper. You know, some people, they get saved, and two years later, they're writing Christian books and doing this and all the rest. Mm. Mm. No, you, you, need to, you need to really grow and learn before you start putting stuff out. The Bible says so. Don't be ignorant about spiritual gifts. You know, find out what your gifts are. And it's, by the way, it's not a slowly but surely process. If you have the Holy Spirit in you, you have a best gift. And find out what that best gift is and start exercising it. That's as simple as it is. Now, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. Or there are different kinds of gifts. Verse 4, meaning the Holy Spirit's in charge of the gifts. And there are differences of administrations or ministries, the Greek word there is, but the same Lord, talking about the Lord Jesus. By the way, when I got called into the ministry 40-some years ago, um, it wasn't the Father that called me. Hey, this is your dad in heaven. This is the Heavenly Father. I want you to know, I want you to be in the ministry. And it wasn't God the Father. And it certainly wasn't the Holy Spirit. So well, how do you know? Because Scripture tells me who it is that calls people into the ministry. Who called Paul into the ministry on the Damascus Road? Was it the Father, was it the Holy Spirit, or, or was it Jesus? You know your Bibles? It was Jesus. Lord, Paul says, after he got knocked off, is, is that you, Jesus? Yeah, Jesus is the one that calls us into the ministry. That's why if you've been called into the ministry, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. Jesus himself called you. And there are diversities of operations or different kinds of powers, the Greek word there, but it's the same God speaking of God the Father which worketh all in all. Now look at verse 7. We've got we to hustle here. But the manifestation or the making known of the Spirit, the parceling out of the gifts, is given to every man to what? Prophet. And I'm not talking about prophet. Prophet spiritually. The whole reason you have a gift is so that you can profit spiritually. But if you don't know what that best gift is, how are you going to profit spiritually? Notice what it says. Verse 8, for to one, to one 
believer is given, what's those next three words? By who? Oh, isn't that interesting? Do you have a choice in what gift you have? It says so. It not only says it in Hebrews 2, 4, it's reiterated here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. By the way, I have the gift of knowledge. There's no doubt about it. I don't have the gift of wisdom, though. That's why whenever I was doing Bible studies, my knowledge would come out, but I was always looking for some Christian within that Bible study that had the gift of wisdom in order to take what I have taught and apply it. People with the gift of wisdom, are, it's a leadership gift, and, and it's so important that they're in your Bible study. It says, the manifestation uh, of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Verse 7, for to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. There it is again. To another, faith. Verse 9, by the same Spirit. To another, the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. Does God have, how much does God have to repeat himself for us to get this thing that he's in charge of the parceling out of gifts? Yes or no? So you can, you can look at the gift chart. You can look at all the sign gifts and say, well, I want that one. You can look at the speaking gifts. There's six of them. You know, prophecy, teaching, exhortation, etc. Wisdom. Oh, I want that one. You can look at the serving gifts. There's nine of them. Oh, I want mercy, or I, I want helps, or I want this, or I want that. You can do that if you want, but that doesn't get you that gift. Only God is the one that parcels out gifts. Does everybody understand so far? Okay, because we're going somewhere. God is the one that chooses certain gifts for, for Christians, not vice versa. You and I don't get to choose. We get what we get, so stop pitching a fit. I've seen, I've seen Christians pitch a fit. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe I don't have that. I can't believe. I've been begging God and begging God. Well, maybe he just didn't give it to you. Oh, no, no. You can, get, you can have any gift you, you want and you desire. The Bible doesn't teach that. The gift you got is the gift you got the day you got saved and the Holy Spirit came into your life. Find out what that gift is and go after it. Sadly, there are certain... Believers within Christianity who think every believer ought to have access to whatever gifts he or she wants, but that's not scriptural. 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 10, To another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation tongues, verse 11, but all these gifts, be they speaking gifts, serving gifts, or sign gifts, Worketh that one and the selfsame spirit, dividing to every man severally. What's those next three words? Okay, and I know I'm being repetitious here. I understand. I'm not trying to beat this horse to death. But the point is made, yes, we do not have the choice as to what gift we are given. It's not your choice. You don't make deals with God. This is not a buffet table. Where you, where you look at all the speaking gifts and the sign gifts and, and the serving gifts, and you say, hmm, I want that one, and I want that one. It doesn't work that way. According to Scripture, it doesn't work that way. 1 Corinthians 12, 27, and 28. Listen carefully. Now ye are the body of Christ. So everybody here that's saved, we're, we're a part of the same body. And by the way, you may be the eyeball. 
I may be the hair in the nose. But I'm a part of the body, yes or no? Okay, so not, and if God didn't choose me to be an eye, the reason I said eye is because your head, you know, it looks like an eyeball. You, you, you may not be the foot or the arm or, or the hand or some significant part that, that is important. You may just be the hair on the back of the neck, but is it a part of the body? Okay, this is, this is all God wants us to understand. He gets to pick and choose. Now, you're all the body of Christ, and members in particular. Here it is, verse 28. Boy, I love this verse, because God is a God of order. Yes or no? Throughout, from Genesis to Revelation, everything is in order. It says, and God hath set some in the church. What's the next word? Oh, so there's an order of importance here. First, what? Apostles. Now, there's, there's an order here. Secondarily, prophets. Thirdly, after those first three come the lower half of the totem pole. This is the way it's written in the Greek. And they tried to follow it in the English and did a pretty good job. These are the first three of of the most important, and and I'm going to show you why here in a second. Everything that follows, notice it's not listed fourth, fifth. No, it's just listed. They're called the bottom of the totem pole gifts. God hath set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after miracles, then gifts of healing, helps governments. What's the last one? Diversities of tongues. That's the last gift on the list. That's the lowest gift on the, at the bottom of the totem pole. Isn't it amazing how Christians want that one more than anything else? And yet it's listed at the bottom of the totem pole of gifts. Two questions need to be asked concerning verse 28. Number one, who's in charge of where you belong in the church and what gifts you're given? Who's in charge? God is. Lord Jesus called me into the ministry. Man, I fought him tooth and nail on that. I, I, I was so mad when he called me that I remember walking out into the alley area and I cussed up a storm. I mean, I was in the military and I knew a lot of words, but I added some words to those words. Told God to mind his own business. Literally, I did. I did not want to be in the ministry. But is that my call or God's? That's God's. Now watch. Who's in charge of where you belong in the church and what gifts you're given? God is. Number two, seeing God as a God of order, what gifts are at the bottom of the totem pole when it comes to the gifts? Can you say the sign gifts? The sign gifts are at the... By the way, sign gifts are miracles, healings, and tongues. Those are the sign gifts. We know they're the sign gifts according to Mark chapter 16. They're at the bottom of the totem pole of this list. The sign gifts, tongues, miracles, and healings are at the bottom of the totem pole when it comes to these gifts. Now, it may not be what you want to hear, but it's what God says. He's the one that picks and chooses what gifts you have. You don't pick them. And the miracle tongues and healings gift are at the bottom of the totem pole as far as gifts are concerned. Now here it is. Catch these last three verses in 1 Corinthians 12. Verse 29. The apostle writes, Are all apostles? 
Oh, yeah, question answers itself. I mean, it's a rhetorical question. No. Are you an apostle? Am I an apostle? Are you? No, no. Not, not everybody's an apostle. This is the reason for the question. Is everybody an apostle? No. Are all prophets? Yes or no? No. Because God picks and chooses what he wants. Are all teachers? No. Are all workers of miracles? No. Question answers itself. Have all the gifts of healing? Yes or no? No. Do all speak with tongues? No. Do all interpret? No. So everybody that says, well, I want to pick and choose this gift. Listen, if God didn't give it to you, it ain't yours. You can pick and choose it all you want. It's not yours. The next verse is where some believers like to take the liberty of redefining what God has been saying all along in 1 Corinthians 12. You see, the entire chapter talks about God being in charge of where you belong in the body of Christ and what gifts you're given. Yet there are some within Christendom that try real hard to redefine what God has said here. Notice, this is where they get it. Verse 31, but covet earnestly the what? Best gifts. Can you see where some believers want to pick and choose whatever gifts they think are best? However, if you follow both the context of the passage along with the original Greek language, the term covet earnestly, the best gifts, are talking about the first three gifts mentioned in 1 Corinthians 12, 28, which are apostles, prophets, and teachers. If you're going to interpret it, that's how you've got to interpret it according to the context. Not the last ones, which include the sign gifts. And yet, he says, I show unto you a more excellent way. So, greater than even having any of these gifts is being able to love like God loves. And by the way, is everybody here capable of loving like God loves? You better say yes. You better say yes. You know your Bibles. You better say yes. You say, how can I say yes? I'm not God. No, but you have God living in you. You have the Holy Spirit who has that attribute of love. And all you have to do is yield to the Holy Spirit, and that love will come out. So greater than all the gifts that God has bestowed upon believers is the love that he has unconditionally for, for the world, and we ought to have the same thing by yielding to the Holy Spirit. Everybody catch that? Okay. <laughs> it's not our place to ask for certain spiritual gifts. It's our place to simply discover our gifts that he's given us. Let me just jump here real quick. What gifts did God choose to use when starting the church? Have you ever thought about that? What gifts did God choose to use when he started the church? Think carefully. Apostles. Did he call apostles? That's how he started the church. And some of them were prophets. And some of them were teachers. So God started the church with those first three gifts. Did Christ pick and choose to use the bottom of the totem pole gifts? like tongues, miracles, and healings? Or did he choose to use the top three gifts, apostles, prophets, and teachers? Well, we know that answer. And by the way, who's the greatest man ever born of women? Bible says who it was. Come on now, you guys know that. John the Baptist. And the Bible says John did no miracles. John never did a miracle, never spoke in tongues, never did a healing. He did none of those things. And Jesus said, there's the greatest man. Born of women, right there. Say, why? Because he yielded to the Holy Spirit within him and allowed that love 
that the Holy Spirit has for the world to come out and to reach people for Christ. By the way, no greater miracle than seeing somebody saved, yes or no? Mm. So in Hebrews 2.4, when it says, God also bearing them, the apostles witness, both with signs and wonders and with divers miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost, according to His, the Holy Spirit's own will, what he meant to emphasize was the gifts of the Holy Spirit, be they serving gifts like ruling, speaking gifts like prophecy and teaching, uh, are His to give, not yours for the taking. And by the way, the, 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 the gift of apostles, you know, the apostles, that was a ruling gift. Now, no, you've got to catch this. We're almost done. That was a ruling gift. A ruling gift is a serving gift. Now, I don't know if you're following it. First apostles. Of the three gifts that God gives the church, speaking gifts, serving gifts, and sign gifts, what's the greatest gift? If ruling falls under serving, what's the greatest gift? Serving. What you did, David, when you bought her that sinful coffee. I don't drink coffee, but uh, unless it's cold, I'm cold and, and I'm out in the field like I was in the military once in a great while I drank. But what you did by going out of your way was the greatest thing you can do as a believer. I don't even know if you have the gift of giving. That, I mean, you had to spend money to, to, to do that. I don't know how much it was. You know, coffee's pretty expensive these days, yeah? Yeah, I go to the store with her. And she has to stop at that coffee display. And, and you know, the little cups things. And, 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 and she'll get a box and I'll say, and how much does that thing cost? It's like $15. $20, $25. I mean, it's just, it's like $50. So, so, so maybe he doesn't have the gift of giving, but he thought of her and she, he knew how much she enjoyed coffee. And just went ahead and bought a coffee for her. Maybe she'll like this. Was that, was that a nice thing to do? Yeah, that, that's serving somebody else. That's not serving your own interest. Folks, the greatest gifts is serving. It's not speaking. It's not the sign gifts. It's just serving. I'm here serving Brother Todd. That's all I'm here to do. I, my health is such where I can't go full-time anymore. I've had opportunities. I just had to say no. Don't, don't have the wherewithal. You say, yeah, but that's a nice thing. You have no idea how nice it is. I hate Greenville. But, 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 I'm, but I'm here. You say, why? Because, you know, I, I just, I, I'm just trying to serve Brother Todd and, and help him. You say, what are you getting out of it? Not much. I don't get that fuzzy feeling every morning when I wake up and say, oh, I get to go back to Greenville tonight. <laughs> we know from 1 Corinthians 12, 28, that the sign gifts are the bottom of the totem pole gifts, and there's a reason for that. Last scripture, and I'm done. Matthew 23. Look at this. We're going to get out of here by 735. Verse 1, Matthew 23. Then Jesus spoke to the crowd and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees have seated themselves in the chair of Moses, so do they want to serve or do they want to be served? Yeah, the, the, the religious crowd wants to be served, okay? 
Therefore, whatever they tell you, do and comply with it all, Jesus said. But do not as they do, for they say things and do not do them, because they're in it for their own benefit. Same as people that pick and choose what gifts they want. They're in it for their own benefit. And they tie up heavy burdens and lay them on people's shoulders, but they themselves are unwilling to move them with so much as their finger. And they do all their deeds to be noticed by other people, for they broaden their, whatever that is, and lengthen the tassels of their garments, and they love the place of honor at banquets and the seat of honor in the synagogues and, and personal greetings in the marketplace and being called rabbi. By the way, what's, what's the word rabbi translated? Teacher. By the way, that's a part of the speaking gifts. Is not teaching a part of the speaking gifts? So they, they want to be up there in the top three, apostles, prophets, teachers. Yeah, but what comes before prophets and teachers? Servants. Apostles. But as for you, verse 8, do not be called rabbi, for only one is your teacher, and you are all brothers and sisters. And do not call anyone on earth your father, for only one is your father, and he is in heaven. Verse 10, and do not call, be called leaders, for only one is your leader, and that's Christ. Here it is, verse 11. But he that is greatest among you shall be your... Now, my best gift, obviously, is a speaking gift. But don't think for a moment that I don't try to practice a lot of the serving gifts. Why? Because the speaking gift isn't number one. The serving gift is. And if you've been blessed with a serving gift and you don't exercise that thing, my heart goes out to you because you're going to have a rough time at the judgment seat of Christ. Apostles, which is the gift of ruling, is a serving gift gift and it's ranked first so whether you're in church or you're not in church why not just serve the other person well what do I get out of this and that's that's the problem we're always looking to get something out of this something out of our relationship no no forget about what you get and I know it's it's hard to do that because we're so human but stop being so human Start getting into this book and letting the Holy Spirit take over your life and let His attributes come out in your life and you will find that you'll be serving more people than you've ever served in all your life. You won't be serving your own interests. You'll be serving His interest because God's interested in you serving other people. Great thing that you did. I appreciate it. But I'm going to tell you, God appreciates it more. And He always appreciates when you step out of your humanness and serve another human being. So now, the next time you trip and fall, I'm going to have to go over and not give you a lecture four reasons why you tripped and fell. In my mind, that's all I'm thinking of. Let me give you the four reasons why you tripped and fell. You weren't paying attention. You were da 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 no, I'm going to have to actually go over and practice a little mercy and say, are you okay? And you say, yeah, but you're, you're going to be lying to me when you do that. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's the truth. I'll be lying to you because that's not in me. But I'm still going to do it 
Why? Because it's serving. It's serving. Let's stop serving ourselves by wanting this and this, this gift or that gift. No, no, no. Let's stop serving ourselves and let's just serve the Savior who, if we, He called us into ministry, has also given us the Holy Spirit when He rose from the dead. And once we got the Holy Spirit, we get the gifts of the Spirit, be they sign gifts or be they serving gifts or be they speaking gifts. But the greatest of those three gifts is the what? Serving. And that is Hebrews 2.4 to a nutshell. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you for our time here tonight. Uh, I, I appreciate the book of Hebrews. I know we only looked at one verse tonight. But I think we got the point. It, it's not our job to pick and choose what gifts we want. Like it's a buffet table. No, it, that's your job. And we should be happy with what we get. And we should also realize that if we haven't given, been given a best gift in serving, we still need to uh, yield to the Holy Spirit who has all those gifts and have some of that serving play out because that's the greatest, the servant. Help us to get the point in Christ's name. Amen.